know. I feel like I need to speak quietly. Do you? I don't think I need to, but I feel like I am. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Snark Notes. Thanks, Kelly. Glad to be here. Yes. Um, we're in a slightly more condensed version of the plot board that feels a little creepy. I think that's because my living room in Boston is, like, completely open, and we're just in the far corner underneath. <laughs> I don't think it can even be called a tent. It's literally just us underneath a blanket. You know what? It's working, so it's fine. We just got, we just got back from an Australian adventure. Yes, that's accurate. Five seconds of summer. Um... And now we're we're just here to talk about literature and such. Which is what one does after a five five sauce concert <laughs> called. Yes. For those of you who don't know, five seconds of summer is what I've been calling <laughs> probably a little too harshly a wannabe Australian One Direction. I, I don't think that they want to be One Direction, but with like a punk slash emo twist. Yeah. I did enjoy it though. It was good. I definitely elbowed some seventeen year olds out of the. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got really into like just the aspect of like being close to the band. Well, because I didn't know the songs, so like that was like something I could get into. You, you know, knew, you knew a few songs. I though. knew a couple songs uh, too, like Osmosis. Yes. <laughs> Enough times driving in your car. Yes. Um, so. Yeah, but of course, naturally, when that's over, um, it's time to talk about literature. Yes, always. So, okay, well, let's just jump right in. Like, we're trying to be fancy and, like, bring it back to the literary analysis. I um, feel like <laughs> I feel like what's going to happen is, like, the front end of the season, we're going to be, like, very highbrow in literature. <laughs> and then the back end is just going to devolve to it all Harry not, Potter. It <laughs> naturally devolve to Harry Potter and pop culture, but, like, that's just the way life rolls. Exactly. It's our version of entropy. Yes. <laughs> So, really, so I guess today we're talking about, um, like, introducing introducing female characters that aren't necessarily likable, and I don't know that we definitely, like, want to call them, like, female characters that we love to hate, but, like, definitely female characters that have more depth and more complexity than just, like, oh my god, I love her, she's great, um, which, like, I... I would find likable. Like, I I always enjoy when there are female characters that, like, are problematic in some way or have have a side to them that's difficult or that's frustrating or that's annoying. Um, Because they feel real. They feel real. Like, no one that you know is really like, oh my god, love her all the time. Great. Yeah, in fact, those people are super annoying and I often can't deal with them. Right. Yeah, no, I think uh, a shorthand version would be probably, like, literary mean girls. And I agree, it's not, like... The girls we love to hate is the girls we're probably supposed to hate, but we love to love. Right. Um, so just to start with, we're going to talk about Lady Susan. Yes. As uh, the Jane Austen expert, I'm going to put you on the spot and make, yeah. okay. make you give us some knowledge. So Lady Susan is like one of um, the works that uh, Jane Austen, when she died, she kind of left like unpublished. So it's like sort of like put out there posthumously, um, and there's not really a finished version. Um, of Lady Susan, um, what's the, what's the, uh, there is, like, a recent, a fairly recent movie adaptation. It's a movie adaptation by Whit Stillman. I can't remember what they call it, though. Uh, Love and Friendship? Yes, thank you. That Uh, was, like, another working title that she had. Um, so basically, like, what's, so it's, like, an epistolary novel, so, um, 
written in letters and like what's what's cool and what's different about Lady Susan um is that she's definitely not a character that you love right away um she it Jane Austen had a lot of female characters that like had some depth to them that had characteristics that maybe you didn't like a lot of times maybe like the sub kind of like B level characters were unlikable you're um, Lydia Bennett's you're Mary Crawford's right like never the main protagonist but like yeah definitely like side characters that were female and that were unlikable but like Lady Susan is really the first time that she creates a female protagonist that is deeply unlikable. Like, Lady Susan is a terrible, terrible mother. She puts her own wealth and her own well-being far above that of anyone else. She's incredibly manipulative. She, like, creates these scenarios in which her daughter is deeply uncomfortable. She has, like, kept her daughter away at boarding yeah. school so she's yeah. somewhere for like huge portion she just like doesn't want to be a mom so she's like go to boarding school <laughs> yeah until she needs her for to like marry well and then all yes. of a sudden she basically gets pulled out of the minor leagues like, yeah up to the major leagues where she needs her to or she needs her daughter to marry this like truly idiotic unlikable yeah doofus. and then she's like mad and she's like frederica after everything i've done for you like you can't just do this one thing and she's like, definitely <laughs> passive aggressive and manipulative she has shades of like mrs bennett but she's more self-aware yeah um, but like what like what they're so like about her is like she knows what she's doing and it's like great and like i really i what there is to like about lady susan is her friendship i can't even remember what her friend's name is but she has that american friend yes. like mrs something and um yeah, yeah, it's played by um, uh, Chloe Savoy. Yeah, in, yeah. I don't know how you say that lady's last name. Yeah, in in the movie. Um, uh, but like, she's an American, and like, they're pretty open. Like, they like often joke about like because like the the American friend has like this old ass husband that she definitely just like married for his money, and they frequently are like, "I hope your husband dies soon," because <laughs> like the husband like bans her from like seeing Lady Susan, and they're like, "Here's to wishing that your husband dies soon." Like. Um, yeah so like it's like you're not supposed to like her but all but like on the flip side of that like i feel like what there is to like about her is that like you catch this glimpse of this like a real person right like and she has she she has more flaws and more like depth to her than any you know, any fe- really like a lot of other female characters that we've seen yeah. in literature, even to this day, arguably, and like, like you don't have to like her, but she's she feels like people that you've known. It definitely feels like the first time, and I love me some Jane Austen, but it feels like the first time that Jane Austen is writing about real life rather than a little bit of like this romantic fairy tale. Yeah. Like you you know, like every all her other novels are these like really romantic love stories of like how women like find their like true match against the odds. But the reality was, and Jane Austen knew this better than most, like that doesn't happen for everyone and or- that especially in that time to to have any sort of security, you had to play the game of marriage and this was the first time that like she had that real commentary of what that looks like. Right, and, and she was, like, real... Oh, yeah, real open about, like, a woman scheming just to, like, use marriage to better her position. Yeah. Like, better her financial gain, better her social status. 
Um, so, like, while you don't necessarily, like, you're not necessarily rooting for Lady Susan and you don't necessarily want her plots to succeed. You but aren't you, rooting against her No, either. and you kind of appreciate her honesty and, like, playing the game a little bit. Yeah. And you're like, I get it. Like, this is a game, like, and you're doing everything you can to, like, just make the best life possible for you. Yeah. And, and not, arguably not for her daughter. She's definitely in it for herself yes but <laughs> but i think also she like there are benefits like she's steering her daughter down a path that won't lead to true love but it, it won't lead to destitution either no and i think like she's one of the few characters that we see in jane austen's literature that's honest about the fact that like, like jane austen has a lot of other characters that want to marry just for love and are somewhat rebelling against you know, like, the typical, like, marriage, um... Contract. Yeah, of, like, their time. But, like, this is the first character who's like, I know what this is. This isn't about love. This is about improving my social status and improving my financial status. And, like, yeah. you have to somewhat respect her for being like, this is a fucking game and I'm gonna try to win. Yeah, it's a more <laughs> honest view of the marriage plot. Right. Um, yeah. So... I think that's a great entry for uh, talking about other people that kind of follow this uh, Lady Susan mold of, like, they might have parts that are problematic, but, like, you, they also feel real, and so you root for them a little bit more than your typical ingenue character. Yeah. Um, who do we want to check out first, Kelly? I don't know. Do you have... Do you have one? Let's, let's kick it off with good old-fashioned Blair Waldorf. Okay. <laughs> Gossip Girl. Blair Waldorf, Gossip Girl. So both both novels and a TV show. Um, I owned all of the novels. I don't know if you would call them like high-row literature. No, they were not. You can't argue that it's not literature. They were not. In fact, novels <laughs> feels wrong. But I owned all of the paperbacks. <laughs> And, uh, true story, um, when we were done reading all of them, we donated them to the Falmouth Public Library. There you go. So, you're welcome, Tana Falmouth. Of my (laughs) my family. You're welcome. So, Blair Waldorf, um, kind of, like, in a similar vein to Lady Susan, is, like, somewhat more open and honest about the way that social structures influence her life. Yeah. And, um, like, I think it's... It's over, overly simplifying to be like, oh, she's like a social climber, or she's like aiming to like, you know, yeah. be like the queen bee of her, um, her social group. But like, she's definitely very aware of like social stratifications, and um, you know that like it's all sort of a game, and that the yeah. that you know there's roles to play, and yeah. there's people to please, and. You know, of the way that that benefits her and her bottom line. So she lives on the Upper East Side in Manhattan, um, and she is part of a very wealthy family, very prestigious, doesn't have a a lot of love, or at least, like, a lot of demonstrative love from her mother. Yes. Um, And she's one that really wants, if there is an accolade of some sort, she wants it because that's yeah. how she feels valued and that's how she proves her worth to herself. And that could be being like queen bee of the school. It could be getting into Yale. There's always something that she's striving for. Yeah. Um, and she often schemes to get there and she'll hurt people and take advantage of them and do some truly atrocious things. Right. But most of the things she earns, she has to work for. Right. And I think the thing that I like about her is that, like, 
She's not inherently likable. <laughs> yes. And and that she's not afraid to say that she wants something and then right. to go after it. Right. And, like, get her hands dirty to do it. And I think what makes her likable is her in comparison to her on-again, off-again best friend, Serena uh, Vanderwoodson. Yeah. Who is this, like, leggy blonde girl who, like... Everyone, like, just automatically loves and yeah. everything falls into her hands no matter what. And she what. has this kind of, like, Serena has this kind of, like, phony, like, I care about people and yeah. I'm a, trying to be a nice person, like, quality that should be endearing but, like, has a way of just coming off across as a little bit false. And well, especially because she doesn't really ever do much she just kind of says that right she doesn't put the actions out there right and so like it but it it almost like serves like make you in some ways respect blair more because you're like at least she's not playing this fake game that she like gives a shit about other people when she really doesn't because a lot of serena's actions like like sleeping with your best friend's boyfriend doesn't really indicate that you give a shit about being a good friend because if you really cared about your best friend you wouldn't sleep with her boyfriend but you did and you can like say now that you really care about other people but like and that's like that's like something that um a mean girl that we're not going to go into depth about but like that we'll touch on like briefly is uh regina george the obviously classic mean girl from the movie mean girls yes but like there's a line where like aaron samuel says like like you know like everyone's mean like regina's just more open about it and like that feels true for blair waldorf as well like yeah like, like, Serena does mean things. Like, she just tries to hide it and cover it up with it under this facade that she cares about people and she's trying to be better than that. Yeah. Whereas, like, what there is to appreciate about Blair is that, like, she is mean, she does mean things, and she owns that. And, yeah. like, you have to respect her a little bit more for that because she's not... Like, she is playing a game, but she's not playing a game of, like, pretending to be a yeah. better person than she is. Uh, she knows who she is. No, exactly. And Serena... Serena is often, like, a Slytherin playing like she's a Hufflepuff, whereas, like... Blair is flat out Slytherin in a way yeah. that you and she's have proud to, to be Slytherin. Yeah, she wouldn't want to be anything else. <laughs> yes, unless we have to like about her. Um, do you want? Do that lead us um, into Kim Kelly? Um, yeah, I think so. So another uh, TV show, uh, great TV show, yes. Freaks and Geeks. Uh, it's all about a character named Lindsay and her brother Sam who are kind of trying to find their way through high school. Um, and Lindsay uh, falls in with the freak clique yes. uh, that are a little bit like your druggies, a little bit about your burnouts. They don't really care about school. And God love her, but Lindsay's definitely a little bit of a poser. She's yeah. like attracted <laughs> to being in this group because I think she likes the... James Franco character. Yeah. Well, one she one she likes the James Franco character, um, and two I think she likes the persona. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, it's impossible to deny that part of it is that like she really like has a crush on James Franco, <laughs> and James Franco's girlfriend Kim Kelly, played by the amazing Busy Phillips, um, like very much picks up on that, and so isn't one to welcome anyone into the group with open arms, but especially isn't want to welcome someone that like flat out wants to just like trying to steal her boyfriend boyfriend. (laughs) um so she is like very unapologetically like aggressive snide mean and at first you're kind of like who is this girl i'm not used to seeing this girl but like everything she's doing makes sense like she's got a tough exterior and as the 
TV show goes on, you learn a little bit more about her home life and why that's yeah, the case. Yeah, there, there's, like, a specific episode, like, literally the title of the episode is Kim Kelly is my friend, and she basically, like, um, has been, like, in trouble with her parents, and so and she, like, literally tells Lindsay, like, I need you to pretend to be my friend because my parents are mad at me and I need to pretend, like, I have this nice, like, well-behaved friend. She's, like, a good student, and so Lindsay, like, goes to dinner at her house and like during the course of the dinner just realizes like how like quasi abusive her family Mm. is and just like kind of how fucked up her home life is and um you know this is a girl that she should like have sympathy for um and like basically like a fight erupts and they like run away during the dinner and then they go to Lindsay's house and like um kim has had this fight with the james franco character Character. daniel um who is her boyfriend because he was like hitting on this other girl and um there's like this whole interchange and so basically and like basically like she says at some point to Lindsay, like you're my only friend and you don't even like me or something like that um and so i think it just like humanizes her in a way where you realize like this is a girl who has a lot going on and she's maybe not like dealing with it in the best possible way um but she she's definitely a girl that could use a friend yeah. and that could use like having someone in her corner um and i think it maybe it's like an interesting moment of like put, valuing a potential like female friendship over like some sort of like high school level crush on a boy and i think that's really the moment that Lindsay's crush on daniel ends and, yeah um, so that was kind of great to see, but I also think one thing that often happens with characters like these is what, when you understand why they are the way you, they are, you like them better because yeah. one, like it makes them interesting, complex people. And two, that behavior that may have felt alien to you, like has a code and a way to yeah. understand it. So that was part of the reason that I kind of like fell for Kim Kelly in this episode. And the other part is that like you later on in the episode get to see this great um exhibition of heart that she has so she's yeah. like very upset at her boyfriend who's been fooling around with this girl karen played by rashida jones shout out to rashida <laughs> um, but uh karen meanwhile has been torturing Lindsay's younger brother sam, sam. yeah and at the very end kim kelly like fights Karen and part of it is definitely on Sam's behalf and part of it is like her own issues with Karen but I think part of it is like standing up for the underdog and it's yeah it's it's kind of I think that coupled with her vulnerability with Lindsay and like the friendship that forms in that moment it's that realization not just of like why she is the way she is but that she's more than what you're seeing she's right. more than that like 10 percent that of her her persona that she chooses to show the world All right so, and that, like, you cannot agree. Yeah, like, I, she's, like, definitely a character where, like, you cannot agree with everything that she does. And, like, you yeah. see some stuff that she does and you're like, oh, my God, why are you being such a bitch? But, like, it it's a moment that, like, humanizes her and that makes you realize, like, she's not all bad. Yeah, exactly. And there's also, like, a lot of great about her. And I think the other thing that I like about all of these characters that we're talking about is for the most part, they are unapologetically themselves. And, yeah. like, as as women, like, we are often taught to apologize. And, like, we might For have... For being ourselves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we might have some of these instincts, some of these, like, go get them or, like, fuck them instincts that we always... I always feel like I have to apologize for. Yeah. So I really like these women for, like, being able to be what I feel like I never can be. Right. Well, that's a really great segue, I think, into our last um, girl that we love to hate, who is Amy Dunn from Gone Girl mm-hmm. because she's 
definitely not just being who she is. <laughs> you want to give, like, a quick recap first? Yeah, okay, so for people who haven't read Gone Girl or seen them, and the movie adaptation truly doesn't do the book justice. So if you're at all interested, I strongly recommend that you read the book. Um, but basically... I feel like we should give a massive spoiler. Massive spoiler alert. <laughs> Don't listen to this part if you are ever care to, like, read this book without it, me totally giving it away to you. Plus, like, basically... Um, it's this whole the whole book hinges around like this couple um, and the the wife it basically for a lot of reasons is resentful towards her husband so she like concocts this whole plot where she like fakes her own death mm-hmm. and basically frames him for it um, so it's very much set up to like make you feel torn as to whether you feel more sympathetic towards the husband who is like the clear victim because his wife again has like framed him for her murder and she's not fucking dead (laughs) but like in a lot of ways like it and the book does a much better job of making the wife sympathetic and making amy a character that you you even if you don't entirely feel bad for her and still think she's like somewhat a sociopath for again faking her own death and framing her husband you would at, you at least like feel like you know why yeah and not to not to like totally go off track and belabor a point but like there she has amy has this really great soliloquy that sort of won me over to her side like definitely early on in the book i was like what the this bitch is fucking crazy and like who does this to somebody else but she has this really great great soliloquy on like what it means to be the cool girl that i think a lot of people really identified with and really made you understand kind of like where she was coming from um and she just basically i'll like read just a part of the quote so she says men always say that say that as the defining compliment don't they she's a cool girl being the cool girl means i am a hot brilliant funny woman who adores football poker dirty jokes and burping who plays video games drinks cheap beer loves threesomes and anal sex and jams hot dogs and hamburgers into her mouth like she's hosting the world's biggest culinary gangbang while somehow maintaining a size too because cool girls are above all hot hot and understanding cool girls never get angry they only smile in a chagrined loving manner and let their men do whatever they want go ahead shit on me i don't mind i'm the cool girl and she goes on from there but like that's a it's a really great point because like her her main like dissertation is that like she bought into the she played the cool girl for this guy and then he like still didn't love her he still didn't commit to the relationship and she still never got out of it what was she was supposed to get out of it even though like the whole time she wasn't being herself she was being this cool girl version of herself that he was demanding that he wanted from her and he was she's like it still wasn't enough like you still didn't fucking love me and like i wasn't like and like part of you could be like well like but maybe if you were yourself he would have loved you more but part of you also knows like That's no he probably not gonna be the case <laughs> he fucking wouldn't have like he loved you because you like played this role and then he couldn't even like love like like that version of you that he insisted he wanted like yeah. so like it definitely makes you sympathetic to her and like it maybe doesn't excuse her like extremely manipulative behavior and it doesn't like mean that she doesn't like yeah. get it's crazy because like that's her Sorry, I feel like I cut you off, but I feel like what's crazy there is um, the first time that she's real is when she does this huge 
fake-ass murder thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, there's something kind of bizarre about her, like, finally deciding to be, like, herself. Yeah. And it's, like, this whole big plot twist. Nothing right. is real except for her pulling the strings. <laughs> right. And it's, but it's also, it's, like, yeah, it's refreshing in this way that, like, as women, we've all been asked to, like, play these roles and, like, like follow these scripts that society is like be this person be this girl behave this way and we've all uh, not necessarily to that extreme but on yeah. some level bought into that and like so it's refreshing to see someone just be like nah fuck that like i've done that it didn't fucking work out the way it was supposed to so now like i'm gonna do this fucking insane crazy i'm gonna burn this shit yeah down. like i'm gonna light this motherfucker on fire <laughs> like like, I can't be that person, so fuck you. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, again, like, it doesn't excuse her behavior in any way. It doesn't, like, make me feel like, sh- like what she did was necessarily justified. But there is a small part of me that's like, you go, girl. <laughs> like, like you that. fucking tell him. Like, you know, because, like, there is, like, there, like, there is this expectation sometimes from guys that, like, that's what you need to be like. And... It is bullshit, and it is, like, there's an expectation from society at large of, like, what we're supposed to be like as women. Yeah, and, and at no time in that description does she talk about a brain or thoughts. Right, or... and, like, there is a small part of you that, like, enjoys an active rebellion, like, even though it feels extreme, and even though... And, and, like, even though men saw that movie or read that book and were like, oh my god, what a crazy bitch, and, like, totally didn't fucking get, get it. it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's something, like, that makes me then appreciate a character like that even more, or an author like Jillian Flynn even more, because she's able to write something that, like, just women identify with, and yeah. only women are like, yeah, I fucking get it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that makes sense. And interestingly, the actress who plays Amy Dunn in the movie is the same actress that plays Jane Bennett in Pride and Prejudice. I know, I yes. know. Which, so, like, a total reversal of, like... Going from characters. playing, like, the actual... Well, not cool girl, but, like, the good girl that would never take a step out of yes! line to, to... I'm gonna fucking murder some kids and, you know... I've been playing the cool girl and you haven't been playing the cool guy, so now I'm gonna fucking ruin your life. <laughs> And kill Neil Patrick Harris in the process. Yes, girl. <laughs> Spoiler. Do it. Um, I also, I think there's one more that I, I want to talk about, and we can potentially cut this yeah. one out. But um, I think another example, who doesn't quite fall into Mean Girl, but it fits kind of like this general th- theme is Jen Lindley from um, Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Who's one that, like, I know she's a fictional character, but I kind of feel like I owe an apology to. Because <laughs> when I was growing up, I was watching Dawson's Creek, and the whole, it basically starts when, the whole show starts when Jen Lindley comes to town. And you have this character, Dawson, uh, played by James Vanderbeek, who is ugh, the most annoying character anyone ever, but basically he's this aspiring film uh, uh, maker, and he sees Jen, Lee, uh, Jen Lindley, and it's like love at first sight. And his best female friend, Joey, gets really annoyed because she's been in love with him forever. She's friend-zoned. She is friend-zoned hard. Um, that starts to shift over the course of the TV show, and ultimately it kind of shifts so far away from it that... Um, 
it becomes more of a love triangle between Dawson, his best friend Pacey, and Joey. I think Jen Lindley once refers to herself as roadkill on the Joey and Dawson highway. <laughs> but the thing that happens when you're when I was watching it and I was younger, I very much sided with Joey. I was like, who is this girl that's just rolling into town <laughs> that like this like her best friend is now obsessed with? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Like what is this? And I think that plays into this false assumption that like girls have to compete with each other and there can only be one. Yes. And actually all Jim Lindley did was like move to town and want to start a new life. And like, she'd been a little bit of a mean girl in New York and she didn't want to be that in Cape side. And like, she was starting her life over. She never asked for Dawson to like, like her. And when like he did like her, it was like refreshing and she felt like validated and like someone was appreciating the new her and I think when I watch it as an older person Jen feels one more like a real character two definitely like a sympathetic character and I I feel really bad for like hating her when I was younger I feel like I was like preconditioned to like kind of that mob role of like there can only be one yes similarly um in Vampire Diaries the like Catherine character so there's like Elena who's like the human that like vampire brothers Stefan and Damon are like fighting over and then you find out that like she literally has like an identical twin basically because it's played by the same actress yeah so she's <laughs> also like her ancestor yeah and her name is Catherine and she's like the vampire that turned Stefan and Damon and like they were both in love with her basically and like they like they just like basically go through this phase of like being rude to Catherine and being like um actually you're not Elena so like we hate you now and you're like Okay, but, like, Elena kind of sucks and has a negative personality, and, like, Catherine's kind of a bitch and was, like, kind of selfish and, like, like, did a lot of shit things, like, Exhibit A, like, turning two people into vampires, but, like, also, like, fuck you. She was the original one, and you were both in love with her, and now you're, like, both trying to pretend like you like this other girl that looks exactly like her and that that better than weird. her, and, like, that isn't weird, and, like, it isn't, like, rooted in, like, your undying love for her, but, like, whatever, fine. Like, I just always felt, like, somewhat resentful of them, like, trying to throw shade on Catherine, no. like, she was the worst person of all time, because we were like, um, actually, you were, like, fucking in love with her, and that was how this whole thing started, so fuck you. No, I also agree with that. I also feel like it's a case of them not wanting to own up to like their own past bad behavior i think right. a lot of times they're one to like blame every all of their wrongdoing yeah and even well, like especially Stefan, who has this like hero complex like damon is a little bit more willing to be like yeah i've like been kind of an asshole but like Stefan especially is like i've never been an asshole in my whole vampire life yeah. you're like okay well and <laughs> it's like when they don't want to blame each other for yeah. like issues in their like their relationship like they're like their they have brotherhood. a weird brother brotherhood sibling <laughs> relationship they'll just be like yeah let's blame Catherine. she's the bitch. worst yeah and we're like okay fuck you like yeah but also she has way more personality than this elena girl and yeah. i think you're exactly right like can no one acknowledge that it's really fucking weird that you're just like you're in love with this, this other girl because she looks exactly like Catherine. like fuck you that's what it is yeah and also like i don't know if i were elena i'd be like oh fuck this no i'm my own person yeah. um Anyways, so this has just, like, been somewhat of a defense of, um, you know, uh, mean girls, crazy girls. Yeah, mean girls, crazy girls, bitchy girls. Girls that it's easy to brush off and just be like, oh, she was fucking a crazy yeah. bitch. Um, no, 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 she wasn't. 
Yeah. So fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Just like we're here for female characters that are more than just a nice girl. You don't have to be nice all the time. Yeah, and I think also when you dislike a female character, ask yourself why that is because it might be because you've been preconditioned not to like someone who speaks their mind or not to like someone who isn't the ingenue and or because there can only be one <laughs> or because there can only be one and um yeah we're we're all here for, for here girls that speak their minds ladies helping ladies um as a sidebar subscribe um follow us on instagram yeah follow us on instagram at we are snark notes um that's our handle right yeah okay <laughs> Do that. Do podcast things. Okay. Okay, Bye. Bye.